I'm pulling on my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for another drive to work. Okay, so today I'm gonna talk all about game nights. So for those that have no idea what I'm talking about, um, so there are two men, Jimmy Wong and Josh Lee Kwai, who make, uh, well, they started by doing a, uh, they, they, they have the Command Zone podcast, um, which you can see on YouTube. Um, and they're all about Commander and doing all sorts of Commander stuff. Um, but anyway, they started doing a show called Game Nights, where usually four people play. It's usually Commander, um, but they made a special exception for Unstable. So I got a chance. I was invited down. Um, I'll, I'll tell the story of how this all happened. But I was invited down to do an episode, and we did an Unstable episode. Now, some of you might have seen this already. Um, for those that haven't seen it, go look it up. Game Nights, I don't know the title, but put Game Nights Unstable. I'm sure it'll show up. Um, and you can see a really fun, I'm not quite sure how long, I just recorded it last week, so I don't, I don't know, I haven't seen the finished version, because it's not done yet. My guess is about an hour, my guess. Um, we play uh, two sets of games, but concurrently, so four games get played. I don't know, I'm not quite sure how long that'll take to show. Anyway, it's a real fun thing, I'm going to talk all about it today. If you haven't seen it, after you listen to this podcast, go watch it. Um, it was a lot of fun to shoot, and I believe it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. So anyway... So we're going to, tonight, today, tonight, it's, it's the morning. Today is all about, uh, all about game nights. Okay, so first let me talk a little bit about Jimmy Wong. So I first met Jimmy um, when I was doing something called Access Magic. Uh, I think it was for Eldritch Moon. Um, to We do different promotional things with different sets. And so we had this idea of uh, the thing called Access Magic. It was kind of sit-down show. Um, kind of inspired by other sort of sit-down stuff. And the idea was we'd have a host, and then there's different segments. And in my segment, I talked all about... Ironically, I talked about the story. Um, I didn't really talk about mechanics, which is an odd one. But anyway, I talked a lot about the story, and Jimmy was the host. And this is... I, I had heard of Jimmy. I knew, I knew of Jimmy, but I had not met him. And so that's the first time I met Jimmy. Um, if you haven't seen the little... You, you can put Access Magic, Eldritch Moon. Um, there's a couple of them, but... The one with me in it is the one that I'm talking about. Although all, all of them are fun to watch. Um, and then we also, uh, Jimmy and I shot a little promo for it, uh, which is the only time I think in my magic career I've been bleeped. Um, so anyway, uh, I met Jimmy there. And, and Jimmy was awesome. Um, like I said, Jimmy's background is he's kind of uh, an internet celebrity. Um, he played, I was it, Ted on um, Video Game High School. And I, I know he did a bunch of other things. So he, he is somebody that uh, is on YouTube and does stuff like that. Um, he also has done some stuff, I know, in Disney XD. Anyway, he, he is a performer um, and a Magic fan. Uh, so he loves Magic. And he and Jimmy, uh, I'm sorry, he and Je he's Jimmy. He and Josh, uh, Josh Lee Kwai, um, uh, both play Commander together and have a lot of fun. They, 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 work, they work together and they started making uh, the Command Zone. Uh, the, the podcast as a, a thing they do. And then recently they started making game nights, which uh, I, think the, I think the way the format works is there's always four people. Um, I think normally they're playing one big game. I'll explain that we did a little bit different. Um, and anyway, there's lots of special effects and um, Josh is an editor extraordinaire. So he does all his magic on magic and, and makes it extra fun to watch. Um, okay, so I got to know Jimmy... Uh, I first met Jimmy when I did the Eldritch Moon uh, Access Magic. Um, I then met Jimmy a couple other times. He and I met up at VidCon, and we met up at San Diego Comic-Con. Um, and then the next time I worked with him was for Kaladesh uh, at PAX, at Penny Arcade Expo. We took over the Paramount Theater, and we uh, had a bunch of things that we did. But we had one big show where we were introducing all the cool new things to, about Kaladesh. And the way it worked was Jimmy was the host, and the different people would come out and talk. This time, I actually got to talk about mechanics. So I got to introduce energy to the world and vehicles, uh, all, all, all the mechanical goodness in, in, um, in Kaladesh. Uh, anyway, that went really well as well. And so Jimmy is definitely somebody who uh, we had a really good working re relationship with. And he knows magic. He's a good performer. Uh, and so we use him from time to time. So anyway, uh, this last summer, remember I did a podcast about my daughter Rachel and I went down to California, we drove around, looked at colleges, and we went to VidCon for the second year. Um, so we went out to dinner one night with, with Jimmy, uh, Rachel, Jimmy, and I went out to dinner, and Jimmy said, 
I have an idea for you. Um, you know, we started doing the show called Game Nights. Um, we would like to do an episode about Unstable. Would you like to do that? So for those that don't know, um, when my twins were, Adam and Sarah Bar, the twins, um, back in 2004, uh, I used to travel. So basically what happened was, before I, got, I, I met my wife, uh, back in the early days, I used to travel a lot. I mean, everywhere, all the time. The first summer I was at Wizards, I think I was in the office three weeks of the whole summer. I, I used to go to everything, go everywhere. You know, it's like, go to Dragon Con, sure. Gen Con, sure. Origin, sure. Uh, Korean National, sure. Uh, Japanese uh, Grand Prix, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I was just going all over the place. Um, and then Laura and I started dating. And so I, I still traveled a decent amount, but I, 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 I stopped traveling quite as much. Um, and then when my first, my first baby was born, when Rachel was born, um, I, I cut back my travel to just the Pro Tours. So there were like four or five Pro Tours a year. So it basically, I think I did the Pro Tours and the Invitational. That, that was the thing I, I went to. Invitational still existed back then. Um, and then when uh, Adam and Sarah were born, I quit going to the Pro Tour. And the, the deal I struck with Laura, I, I mean, this was the right thing to do. It wasn't, wasn't like, uh, uh, was we decided that I would only travel twice a year. Because um, I, I want to be around for my family, and so I, I still travel a little tiny bit, but I, I only do it twice a year. Um, normally, I go to San Diego Comic Con, and then the other one will float. Sometimes a Pro Tour or World Championship, or this year I went to Hascon, different things. Um, but uh, one of one of the things that Laura is well aware of is how much the unsets mean to me, uh, and so I got I, I, I sort of said just for just for this. You know, could I do a little bit extra traveling? So this was a basically extended day trip. Um, I mean, I, I was gone for uh, a day. So basically what happened is I woke up early in the morning, early, like 4.30. Uh, so Gavin Verhey and I went down together. Gavin was on the show with me. Um, and we left, like, our plane boarded at, like, 6.45 a.m. or something crazy early. Um, so anyway, uh, and then we, we stayed the whole day. I, I spent all night at a hotel and then came back on Saturday. So I was only gone. I was gone, like, 24 hours. It wasn't gone very long. Um, also, I'm planning to, as of recording this, I haven't done it yet, but by the time you hear this, I should have done it. I'm going to do a live cast on Loading Ready Run. Um, Unstable, obviously, is a very personal project to me. I care a great deal about it. I really want it to do well. And I love making unsets, but I cannot make unsets if people don't want unsets. So for, in order for me to make a fourth one, I have to have the third one be successful. So I am pulling out all the stops I can to try to help it. And so part of that was doing a lot of extra stuff. So I'm actually traveling two extra times this year specifically. I mean, they're, they're both short trips, but specifically to help promote Unstable. Um, so my goal going into this was that I really, I mean, I want people to see what Unstable is and see that it's fun. One of the things I learned about reading is it's been 13 years since we made an unset. Most players have never played with an unset, and there's a lot of um, there's a lot of sort of beliefs of what it is that some are true, but some are not. And one of them is that it just it's more fun to read than to play. And I really wanted to disprove that. I want to show this is a fun experience. It's a fun. It's fun to do it, and it's it's neat to just care about things a little differently than normal do, and just have things be a little bit more chaotic, but in a fun way, and just have more involvement. And one of the things that uh, I like to talk about is there's a spectrum to magic, uh, and on one end of the spectrum is sort of seriousness, you know. And magic can be a very serious game. You want to be competitive in magic and treat it super seriously. We have a pro tour every year that goes like millions of dollars. We run, we run millions of events all around the world, you know, tournament events. And, and most of those are pretty serious. You know, if you want to go play in a, uh, a, PPTQ, a PPTQ or a Grand Prix or a, if you're lucky enough to earn a slot or skilled enough to earn a slot to get to the pro tour, the pro tour, um, we want, there's a, there's a, Place in magic for serious play, and we want that, and we spend a lot of time and energy on that. But the other end of the spectrum is fun. That's for some people, magic is it's a release, it's something to do that's just enjoyable. And winning or losing, yeah, you want to win, but it's winning's not the point on the fun end of the spectrum. The fun, it's just did I have a good time? Did I laugh with my friends? Did I was I able to forget my worries for a while? Did I did I just enjoy myself? Did I have a fun time? And that. The point of unsets is to sort of push in that direction, saying, you know what? It's fun. It's fun. You can do wacky, crazy things, and you can, you know, we push to try to make things that are just more, that, that have a, a fun interplay to them. Um, so one of my goals to go to game night was, 
I, I really wanted people to see Unstable for what it is. Um, and so I really wanted it. And so I came into the mission of, I, I really wanted to show off Unstable. Okay, so uh, Gavin, uh, oh, by the way, I didn't talk about Josh. Jo uh, Josh, by the way, is a professional editor. Um, he works for a company called Rocket Jump. Might be his company, I'm not 100% sure. I think, I think it is, I'm not 100% sure about that. Um, but anyway, he, um, he uh, is an amazing editor, and so a lot of the success of their podcast and of Game Nights has been, Josh is just amazing at editing and special effects and all that stuff. And so um, if you've never seen it, it's a lot of fun to watch. So I, I, I cannot recommend it enough. Go watch, go watch some Game Nights, especially the Unstable one. Um, so anyway, we get there. Uh, Josh picks us up, uh, and we go to Rocket Jump, which is the uh, their company. Um, and they have made a room in there where they decorated to be the sort of room for playing um, game nights. And they, it's all decked out and it's shelves with magic product. And in the back, there's these windows. And what they did, they put in um, TVs behind them so they could, they could put up scenery through the windows. So what they did for us was they took uh, the swamp, the, the, the full land swamp, and had an artist illustrate it so that it moved. So you looked outside of the swamp and things were moving. It's really cool. Um, so anyway, we, we sat down, um, so what we had done is we had sent them a whole bunch of unstable product and we sent them a God book, uh, uh, a collection of all the cards so they could see what the cards were, but they were, they were confused. Uh, the unset is a little more complicated than the average. So I walked them through. The first thing we did is I walked them through all the mechanics. I explained what contraptions were and how contraptions worked and the dynamic of that. I explained host and augment. I, uh, explained dice rolling and outside assistance and watermark matters and you know there's, there's like a billion little little themes in the set um i explained all the things and how they worked we walked through everything and then the plan was we were going to draft now a normal draft is eight person but four person you can draft with four people um and so what we did is we figured out who was going to play who so I, I guess i ended up i was going to play josh in the first round and gavin was going to play um jimmy in the first round so we started the draft. Um, so one of the things that you guys don't get to see, I'll, I'll, I'll give some behind the scenes stuff since that's, that's the kind of stuff I do here on the podcast. So one of the things we needed to do is Josh recreates a lot of what happens. Um, we physically play on camera and they record us. us um, there's a, lot of, a bunch of cameras. They record us, but they also, there's an overhead camera. They had like a GoPro that was hanging, that was recording the, um, the game area. And the reason for that is um, they will use a lot of, for um, special effects, they have all the card images, so they'll pull the card images in so they can do effects with them. And so um, one of the things that happens is they, they document everything that happens in the game because, as I'll explain later on, we go back and we do commentary, they interview us and stuff. And so part of what happens as we play is... Um, oh, I'm sorry, I haven't even got to the play yet. As we draft is they want to be able to reference what we're drafting. So what we did is for the first five picks of each pack, we actually laid out what our first choice was and then what our you know, second, third, maybe fourth choice was of what did we take, but what were we looking at so that we could talk about it later. And we recorded all that. So drafting took a little bit of time. Um, the, uh, I mean, hopefully when you guys watched it, it just went super smoothly. But for us, uh, it, it took a little bit of time and we, 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 we marked it all down. Uh, and then we were able to build our decks. Now, as I said, one of my goals doing this was, my goal was not to win. Uh, one of the things I've learned in life is understand what your goals are. My goal was to sell unstable. So when I was drafting, I really, really wanted to make sure that I was showing off a fun part of the set. Now, one of the big parts of the set is contraptions. And the way contraptions work is you get two contraptions in your booster. Um, if you get a foil, you can get a third. Um, and so what happened was I could tell when other people were drafting contraptions. I could see it. They would draft them. Um, uh, and so what happened was I... The two big themes of the set are contraptions and host and augment. And I knew they were drafting contraptions. So I decided to draft a host augment deck just because I really, really wanted to show it off. It's a lot of fun. It's one of the cool parts of the set. And I didn't know for sure that they were drafting it. So I wanted to make sure someone was drafting it. So I drafted host augment. Um, interestingly, the card I opened up actually was Animate Library, which uh, is a six mana spell, four blue, blue. Uh, you enchant your library, it, it enters the battlefield, and then it's a star, star creature where stars equal to the number of cards in it. Um, now, I never, ever, the entire game drew that card, but uh, it was a great card, so I picked the first, first pick. Then second pick, 
what did I take second pick? I took, um, hmm, I took one, was it half squirrel, half? I took one of the, uh, the augment cards, a strong augment card. Um, cause I was going, I, I knew I was going into augment. Um, so I took a green augment card. It's either a half squirrel, half or monkey. Um, I'm not sure. I, I think it was half squirrel, half, but it might've been monkey. Um, anyway, uh, and then, so I'm like, okay, I'm thinking maybe I'm blue green. I think I got, uh, Earl of Squirrel third, which is also a really good card, which I also never drew. Um, it's our, the Squirrel Lord. So I, I started going blue green. Uh, so I, I was picking up all the host augment stuff I saw in, in blue and green. Uh, and then when I couldn't find something in blue or green, I ended up taking white because I happen to know that host augment, uh, if you want to draft host augment, the strongest colors to do that are white green because the support cards for host and augment are in white and green. Um, the stronger ones are actually in white. So I started picking up some, some sort of uh, host augment support cards, if you will, uh, majority of which were in white. Uh, and then I eventually decided as I was drafting that I was going to do a three-color deck and just picked up. Um, green has some color fixing. Uh, there's an alligator that's a host that uh, gets you a land. Uh, there is um, selfie preservation, which uh, gets you a land. It's like a rampant growth-ish sort of card. Uh, and then there also... I, I, I didn't end up drafting it. There's an artifact that you can tap. Uh, Mad Science Fair project that you can tap. You roll a die, and then four, five, or six, you can choose the color... One, two, two, or three, it's, a, it's colorless. Um, as you will see, Josh used that card very effectively. Um, so, uh, I ended up being blue, green, white. Um, I actually ended up, I think, heavier in white and green with enough blue that late game I could play the, uh, the library. But I, I, I had the least amount of blue. I had more white and green. Um, but anyway, so I ended up with a host suture deck. I ended up, I drafted a bunch of augment. I think I ended up playing... I played three for sure. I played half kitten, half, half squirrel, half, and um, monkey. Uh, did I play hummingbird? I might have played hummingbird. I, I can't remember whether I had hummingbird or not. Um, anyway, um, I had three or four augment cards and a whole bunch of hosts. I had uh, probably most of my creatures were hosts, or a lot of my creatures were hosts, maybe 10 hosts, maybe. Um, the trick, by the way, if you're ever drafting host augment, is that you need to have more hosts than augment. Augments are similar to auras in that you can't play them unless you have the creature first and not just any creature you need to have a host so you really need to make sure to have more hosts now the good news about augments is they're very powerful um as you'll see when you set up a host augment it, it you're making a little engine that can do really that that has the potential to do very powerful stuff i mean there's a lot of combinations some are more powerful than others okay so first round i'm playing josh um I'm playing white, green, blue. He's playing, I think, white, green. So Josh was the other person who ended up doing some host suture. Not as heavily as I did. He, he sort of dabbled in a bunch of different things. Um, but he definitely has some host suture. So what happened was... Okay, so turn one. I go first. I think I won the roll. I play Adorable Kitten, which is a little 1-1, uh, one, one, enters the battlefield, roll six-sided die, get life equal to the die. And I rolled, like, three or something. Um... Then, not much happened. On turn three, though, I was able to play half kitten half, which costs two and a white to play. It's an augment card. So I turned my kitten into a half kitten half kitten. Uh, so what that means is um, whenever I'm dealt damage... It's, oh, so the way augment works is augments make a new trigger. All the hosts have when it enters the battlefield, now you're overriding with the new trigger. The trigger for half kitten half is whenever you take damage. So half kitten half kitten is whenever you take damage, roll a six-sided die and gain that much life. So that's a really potent defensive thing. Because what it says to my opponent is, if you do five or less damage to me, there is some chance I will go up in life rather than down. Like if you attack me and do four damage, I might roll six and then I've gone up two life for you attacking me. So it's a real disincentive from attacking. Um, Josh then got out, oh, what's the name of it? Uh, it's a two green, one one, that every time you roll a four, five, or six, you put a plus one, plus one counter on it. Um, and then it, um, it, for six men, it can roll a die. Well, I'm blanking on the name of the card. It is called Test Subject. Something Test Subject. Um, and so he got that out, and he got his Mad Science Fair project, which is the artifact he can tap. Uh, four, five, or six, it rolls, it, it's any color. One, two, three, it's colorless. But the important thing for him was, everything he tapped that he rolled a die. Every time he got four, five, or six, he put a, he put a die on the Test Subject. So that was starting to get big. Then he played a Mother Kangaroo, which is a host creature, four and a green for a 1-1, one, one, that when you play it, you roll a die, and you get that many plus one, plus one counters. I think he rolled five. 
So it was a 6-6. So meanwhile, I had played a few other small things, uh, some host creatures. I played um, uh, the vacuum. I forget its whole name. But uh, it makes a 1-1 token. It makes a little gnome token, I think. Um, and then I, I played another thing that puts a plus one, plus one counter on something. Um, so I, I played a bunch of host creatures. I was trying to sort of stall. Um, and eventually I would play Defective Detective, which is a 2-1 creature uh, for two and a blue. It's unblockable, which is the important part for this story. Um, when it enters the battlefield, um, my opponent picks somebody not in the game to tell me a card in their hand. I picked Josh. Oh, no, 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 that was, I'm sorry. I didn't pick Josh. I picked Gavin. And Gavin showed me, I don't even remember what card Gavin showed me. Anyway, I now had a 2-1 unblockable creature. Um, now, the problem was he had a 6-6 six, six creature and he had his test subject that at the time was like a 3-3, three, three, but I knew it would keep growing. Um, and because he could roll a die every turn, that I, I knew it was going to get big uh, fast. Uh, so I had uh, a card called um, Go to Jail. Um, there's two cards in Unstable that reference other Hasbro properties. One is Sword of Dungeon Dragons that we had at Hascon, but it's actually in the set. And the second one is uh, Go to Jail, which is a Monopoly reference. So Go to Jail is kind of like um, uh, an Oblivion Ring that the creature is removed, but um, it, they get to roll two dice every turn, and if they roll a six, I'm not a six, sorry, if they roll doubles, they get three, like in Jail and in, in, um, in Monopoly. If you roll doubles, you get out. So... Um, now, the downside for me doing that was his test subject liked dice being rolled. So every time he rolled a 4, 5, or 6, it got bigger, and I was letting him roll two dice a turn. But at the time, the 6-6 six, six was the bigger threat for me, um, and I knew I had some time to find an answer for the, um, for the test subject. Anyway, um, Josh, by the way, would go on to roll. I think it took him eight turns to get it out of jail. Um, so every turn he rolled. And he actually was pretty unlucky rolling four, fives, and sixes. He did a few times. But the number of rolling one and two or two and three, that happened a lot. Um, meanwhile, oh, also what happened mid-game is um, Jimmy uh, played a card that exiles a creature. But by instead of exiling it to the um, exile zone, it exiled to my game and he gave it to me. So I had this 3-3 flying creature that I was able to attack with um, and uh, get some extra damage in. Uh, anyway... One of the fun things about the reason what we had done was we shot two concurrent games. I was playing Josh and um, Gavin was playing Jimmy because because there's interactions between us, uh, as you will see coming up. Because of interactions like, like the um, uh, what, what was uh, I forget the name of the card, the white card that p put his creature in my game. That it, our games would, could affect each other. That's something that un unstable games can do or silver border games can do that black border games just don't do. Um, so anyway, I. I'm doing pretty well. I'm, I'm hitting him every turn with his unblockable creature, um, and I'm slowly building up a board. His test subject's getting bigger and bigger and bigger, um, but I have some chump blockers, so I know I can... And um, in my deck, there's a card that when something attacks, you can get an outside person to pick one of them, and, and it gets sacrificed, an attacking creature. And if you attack with only one creature, that automatically would kill it. So I, even though I didn't have in my hand, I left mana up to make to make it feel like I had it. So I held him at bay a little bit. I, I bluffed him for a little while. Okay, so I have a whole bunch of creatures, including my uh, my unblockable creature. And then Josh draws and plays um, Slaying Mantis. So Slaying Mantis is a 6-6 six, six creature. I don't remember how much it costs. I think it costs five mana, three, three green green, I think is what it costs. I, I might be a little off on that one. Um, but anyway, you stand three feet away from the table and you throw it. And then any creature it touches before it's, it finishes landing, so any, even if it brushes across things, it fights. So let's say, for example, it brushes against a 3-3 three, three and a 2-2 two, two creature. It would fight the 3-3 three, three creature, it would do 6 to it and take 3 back, and if it's the 2-2 two, two creature, it would do 6 to it and take 2 back. So in that case, it would kill the 3-3 three, three and the 2-2 two, two and not even die because there wouldn't be enough, enough to kill it. So I got a whole bunch of creatures. They're all pretty close to each other. Um, but uh, Slaying Mantis has something called Just a Second, which means you can't move things once, once you play it. So, um, so okay. So Josh had never, he had never even tried playing the card before. Um, and so he was trying to figure out what to do. Now the problem is that card has the potential to wipe a whole bunch of my creatures. And even then, if he just hits the unblockable creature, it really slows down my game. So there's a lot of tension. Uh, we go get a ruler so that we can measure because it's got to be three feet. 
And I remember we measured in Joshua's. This seems pretty far. Um, but anyway, there's a, there's a big dramatic buildup. And he misses the table. Um, now, that meant that the, the creature still comes in play. So he still got a 6-6. Six, six. Um, but anyway, uh, luckily I had a bunch of chump blockers. He eventually gets the kangaroo out of jail. Um, but by then, I, I've been nibbling away with the unblockable 2-1, the defective detective. And I was basically able to finish out the game. Um, you know, he wasn't... He, his, his, like, test subject got really big. At one point, it was, like, a 13-13. Um, but I had a number of blockers. Oh, the other thing I did, by the way, the other thing I did, so is not only did I have half kid and half kitten, at one point, I played a card called Merman, which is a host creature. Uh, enter the battlefield, draw a card. It's a 3-3 three, three, uh, for four and a blue, I believe. Um, and I played half squirrel half. So half squirrel half, what it does is uh, it's minus one, minus zero, so change it from a 3-3 three, three to a 2-3. Um, but it says, whenever a creature enters, a non-token creature enters the battlefield, trigger, and then my trigger was draw a card. So whenever I played a creature, or actually, whenever anybody played a creature other than a token creature, whenever a creature enters the battlefield, um, I would get to draw a card. And so I had a card, there's a card called Ordinary Pony that flickers a card when it comes into play, exiles and returns. So I played the pony and I got a card, and it flickered something and I got a card. And anyway, I was just drawing a lot of cards. So I was getting a lot of answers. So Josh was able to sort of he had some big threats, but um, nothing I couldn't block. None of them were in the air, and I was able to block them, and I had a lot of chump blocking, and so I was able to deal with them, and I, I managed to beat Josh. Um, really, what I realized was he, he was becoming the beatdown, and I was more the control, meaning I really was, if I could stay alive, I could nibble him to death, and so it was about setting up my combos. And the nice thing about that game is, like I said, I really, really wanted to show off Unstable, and I was... My goal of drafting the deck I did was to kind of show the cool things that you could do with host and augment. And so I made a half kitten, half kitten. I made a half squirrel, half man. Um, there was a lot of half, a lot of cool things that I did that was, that was pretty funny um, and, and, and powerful too. It was good. Okay, so after that, um, we broke for lunch. Oh, before that happened though, um, so that Friday was the Friday before previews began for Unstable. So we had done a really cool thing. The audience had never before seen a contraption. So what we did is we took a card called Dog Snail Engine, which is one of the contraptions, and we cut it into nine pieces. And then we mailed the pieces around the country to nine different um, media people, one of which was Josh and Jimmy. So we sent it to them. So they got in the mail. In fact, while we were playing, it showed up. And so they recorded a little video sort of looking at it because all day long people were recording stuff and then people were piecing it all together to sort of understand the card. Um, and I, I had a lot of fun. Um, during a lot of my breaks, I would, I would check in, see how people were doing, and I would tease them on social media and give little clues of what's going on with, with contraptions because the front and back of contraptions sort of gave you a lot of ideas how it worked, but not 100%, so people still didn't quite understand everything. My article the following Monday explained everything, so it was, we, we, we were sort of teasing them with something. We, we, we liked the idea that the audience was um, assembling the contraption. We thought it was fun. Um, anyway, Josh and Jimmy did a, did a real cute little bit that, that uh, they edited and got up pretty fast. Anyway, so during lunch, um, we got a chance to talk about Unstable. Um, one of the things that I was really, like, one of the things I always hope for is when you make something and you play with it, what you really hope is you want other people to enjoy it. Uh, and one of the things they said was, they, they really, really enjoyed Unstable, and they said, uh, the sign you know it's a good set is you, you finish drafting and you're like, I need to draft right away. I want to draft again. Um, and so they really had fun, and they said they're definitely going to do some drafting, and they enjoyed it. Um, and we talked a bit about some of the cards we had seen, and um, uh, like there are so many good cards that not, not all of them could be in the games, and even some of the cool cards we did have in our decks, like I had uh, Animate Library and a Squirrel, Earl Squirrel, neither of which showed up. Okay, so what happened was, uh, oh, by the way, Jimmy was playing Gavin, um, and the game was pretty brutal in, in Gavin's favor. Uh, Jimmy just kept losing things. Uh, Whenever there was any variance, uh, it did not go Jimmy's way. And so Gavin smashed Jimmy. Gavin played a blue-black deck, I believe. He was mostly a, a spy deck, uh, um, a, Angel's Sneak deck. Uh, and then Jimmy played red and... What was the second color? Red and green? Was it green? He was heavily red. I don't remember his second color. Oh, it was white. I think he was red and white. I think he was red and white. Anyway, okay, so the last, um, 
Then what happened was um, I was playing the finals against Gavin, and Jimmy was playing the loser's bracket against um, Josh for 3-4. So in the end, there'd be a 1-2-3-4. and four. Um, So I'm playing Gavin. Um, I try to, this game goes a little bit differently. I get Defective Detective out early. I get out um, my teacher's pet, which is a white creature that you can sacrifice to go get an augment to put on a host. Um, now, Gavin is playing a deck, and he has more spot removal, which is a little tougher for host and augment. Um, the stuff he had was a little more expensive, so I was trying to race him. Um, it became clear. So he got out a card called Inhumaniac, which is a cheap little creature. It's a 1-1 one, one, that every turn you roll 6-sided die, and if you roll a 3, 4, 5, he gets a plus 1, plus 1 counter. But if you roll a 6, he gets 2 plus 1, plus 1 counters. But if you roll a 1, all the counters go away. So the idea is it grows and grows and grows, but it can shrink. And so um, during that game, it kept getting bigger and bigger. And, and my hope all along was to hopefully that it would shrink. Um, so the plan that I came up with was I decided that I was going to do something similar to what I did with Josh is maybe I'm supposed to play more defensive and then get a win condition using my host augment to win. So the thing I set up was um, I got out a, um, a mind-numbing jellyfish, I believe it's called. So it is a... What is it? Is it 2U? It's, it's a 1-3, I believe. So anyway, when it enters the battlefield, you roll a six-sided die, and you mill that many cards from your opponent, meaning they take X, the top X, or whatever you roll, that many cards and put it from the library into the graveyard. Uh, milling in limited is a stronger strategy than constructed, because you have a 40-card deck and not a 60-card deck. Um, so I decide that I'm going to use my teacher's pet. Um, I, I think he kills my teacher's pet, but I can stack in response. And then I'm able to... Um, Go get half squirrel. So I make half squirrel, half jellyfish. So that means every time a creature enters the battlefield, I'm able to mill him for X cards, or for D6 cards. Um, then the combo I have set up is I have a card in my hand called Ordinary Pony. So Ordinary Pony is a flickering card. Enter the battlefield, exile a creature, uh, and then bring it back. Well, the way the, wor- the host augment rules work is they, stick- they stick together. So when I flicker, and I flicker the whole creature, I flicker half squirrel, half jellyfish, it leaves play, and then it comes back. Um, and then, um, so what happened was, I play my pony. Well, that's another creature entering the battlefield, triggers half squirrel, half jellyfish. I roll a die. I think I rolled a five. I mill him for five. Then it flickers something. So I flicker the half squirrel half jellyfish, it goes away, and then when it comes back, it triggers itself, because it is a creature entering the battlefield, and so it, I roll another d6, roll a 6, so I mold a total of 11 that turn, um, which is pretty good. Remember, you only get 40, you have a 40 card deck, and he's already drawn some cards, you know, you draw 7 to start with, so, um, so I, I've milled about, you know, about, or I've milled half the deck, but about half the deck's been milled. I, I milled a, t- a total of 12, because I rolled a 1 when I originally played the card. Um, so anyway, I, I I don't need that many more die rolls, especially if I get lucky to be able to mill him out. Um, also, I end up playing a monkey uh, augment called Monkey. So I made my ordinary pony into a monkey pony. Uh, and it's funny because half monkey, a pony is the, the thing that inspired this in the first place from a song by um, the, uh, Jonathan Colton, the song called Skull Crusher Mountain, where uh, it's, it's about a supervillain that is uh, kidnapped this woman and he talks about how he made a, a half mo- monkey, half pony to please her. Um, but anyway... I, 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 I was inspired by multiple things, but that's one of the things that definitely inspired me. Um, and, and I love the fact that you can actually make uh, a half monkey, half pony, uh, which I did. Um, and so what happened was, monkey says whenever another creature dies, um, you trigger it, and the trigger was I get a flicker something. Um, so the thing that's cool was every time I flicker um, the half squirrel, uh, half jellyfish, I, I'm going to roll these six again, right? So now, whenever I play a creature, I'm going to mill him. Whenever a creature dies, I'm going to mill him for six. Um, so I'm, I'm all set up to do cool things. Now, he's got me down to eight life, so things aren't going so well here. But I'm starting to stabilize, and I've got a really good engine to mill him really fast. But then he draws, um, he draws uh, Finder's Keepers, which is a six-mana spell, which destroys a creature and assembles a contraption. He kills my half squirrel, half jellyfish, which is my route to victory. Um, and then his Inhumaniac, which keeps getting bigger. Uh, I mean, the funny thing about it was every time he rolled it, I'm like, come on, roll a one, roll a one, roll a one. And he, he did not. He rolled a lot of sixes, no ones. Um, so he ends up, it's an 8-8 creature he attacks. I have to block with my monkey pony. And anyway, um, 
I then put out another blocker, but he gets uh, a card called Magic Word. Uh, he uses the word Australian. And so he puts on my creature every time he says Australian, it taps and he's able to attack and kill me. So I lose, Gavin wins. So Gavin's first, I'm second. But the most interesting game of the whole thing happened when Josh and Jimmy were playing for the, the playoffs for the third and fourth. So um, I don't know what happened early game, but they're, they're playing around. Um, so at some point, Jimmy plays a card called the Countdown is at One, which is a sub-game card, which means stop what you're doing, uh, take the cards, your libraries, and you're going to play a new game, but starting at one life. And if Jimmy can win the game because he cast the card, the reward for winning the game is Jimmy gets double damage to Josh for the rest of the game. Uh, whenever, he, whenever he damages Josh specifically, he does double damage. Um, so what they do is they go get two other play mats, lay them on top of the, what they're playing. So the games that are in motion stop. They go play the sub game. And then in the sub game, Josh plays the card better than one. Um, which, I don't know what it call it. It's like three green-white or two green-white. Um, it's a multicolor card. What it does is it turns you into a two-headed giant game. And so he goes and gets, um, he gets Gavin. And so he and Gavin together. So the way it works is you get to divvy up all your permanents. You get to divvy up your land, yeah, which I guess the permanents. You get to divvy up uh, your library. Uh, it doesn't say on the card, but you can divvy up your, con- your contraptions. Um, and then you each get a draw. So the, the advantage to doing it is you're getting more cards, but you have to divvy up your stuff to do it. But then your, your side of the game is a two-headed giant game. Um, they, they, they stabilize, but then Jimmy gets a haste creature uh, and is able to sort of get... You only need to get one damage in. And so Jimmy wins. Now all his damage is doubled against Josh. And then Josh is able to make um, a rhino... A rhino... What, what was it? A rhino what? A rhino camel? I think it's a rhino... I think it was a rhino camel. Oh, sorry, sorry. The, sorry. The rhino was the host. He made a, um, a humming rhino. He has a humming, hummingbird. So he made a humming rhino. So what a humming rhino does is whenever you attack with two or more creatures, which is the humming part, um, all your creatures get plus one, plus one, which is the um, rhino part. And rhino is a... Rhino's a 3-4, and I think Humming's plus one, plus one, flying. So it becomes a flying 4-5 that when it attacks with another creature, all your creatures get plus one, plus one. So um, Jimmy's able to put that and go to jail. Um, and then Josh, so the way it works in a sub-game is all the cards in the sub-game get shuffled back in the library. So Josh again draws better than one, ends up playing it again, this time getting me into the game. Um, and... Uh, um, so what happens is he gives me some land um, I, I, I'm not able to play anything for a little while because I, I just don't have the right cards I, I draw more land uh, but eventually I'm able to get a card called first pick which is a naturalized plus assemble a contraption now he didn't give me any contraption so I wasn't able to assemble a contraption but I was able to free his, uh, his um, humming rhino from, from jail uh, which means that he now can go on the offensive and he starts attacking now the problem is we are at Oh, I'm sorry. Before that happens, I'm, I'm skipping an important part of the story. So Josh plays a card called Kind Flavor, which is a variant of Mind Flavor, except instead of you playing your opponent's turn, you get somebody else to play your opponent's turn, and you're not allowed to coach them. Now, Gavin had been part of the two-headed giant with Josh in the sub-game. I was currently part of Josh, and he was playing Jimmy. None of us were legal targets. We'd all played in that game. So he ended up going to Danny, which is one of his assistants, who normally is never on camera. Uh, Danny records all the things that happen in the game. And Danny comes in. Now, Danny is friends with both Jimmy and Josh. So what Josh wants, uh, Josh is going to lose. You know, Jimmy's going to win in the next turn. That's why he played the kind flavor. Now, Danny, what Josh wants Danny to do is do nothing. Just uh, say, I'm done, and not do anything. Um, what Jimmy wants is to attack, have him attack for the win. So Danny splits the difference. He attacks with one creature, does two damage, knocking us from... Um, four down to two, I believe, and then drawing a card for Jimmy, because when the creature did damage, drew a card. So Jimmy got a card and did two damage. Um, then it comes back, I'm able to um, get rid of the go to jail, which frees the rhino, and Jimmy has two creatures. Meanwhile, on my turn, I played a test subject, um, so I have a creature to block with. So uh, Josh attacks with the the um, humming rhino and another creature. I don't remember the other creature was, but anyway, we do. All, we get Jimmy down to one, and we force him to block with one of his two creatures. Um, 
So he's down to one creature, a 2-2 creature. Um, but the creature that he has to block with, he can sack to, um, to um, get a contraption. Uh, and that contraption ends up giving him plus 2, plus 0 oh, and trample. Um, now, interestingly, interestingly, um, oh, we must have been, yeah, we were at 2 life and I had a 2-2 two, two creature. Did it get bigger by 1 or 2-2? Two, two? Anyway, he could do exactly, with, the, with that, he could do exactly enough damage to kill us. Now, the funny thing is, had, had um, Danny not done damage to us, we would have been at two more life. So had Danny not damaged us, then we, we wouldn't have lost there. Now, it turns out Jimmy drew a card that uh, is a, it's a direct damage spell with Trample called, what's it called? Uh, Super Duper Disintegrator Ray or something. Um, anyway, he had a second card that could kill us, but he had just drawn that card. The reason he had drawn that card is because Danny drew him an extra card. So had Danny not done anything and not causes the two life damage or drawn the card, ironically, um, the two bits of damage losses the game and the card draws each individually losses the game. So Danny kind of, in two different ways, losses the game. But had he not done anything, we would. So that's where Kind Slaver can turn on you. Um, but one of the fun things about, about the outside assistant cards is you don't always know. I was trying to find different ways to do randomness. And it was kind of neat to just do randomness in a different way, which is human beings, they're kind of random. You don't know what they're going to do all the time. Um, so anyway, um, we finished the game. It was, it was a fun game. There's a lot going on. Um, you know, there were two betters and one, so there were two two-headed giants, and there was a sub game, and there was a mind sla- kind slaver. And anyway, a lot of fun stuff. So, I mean, I, I, I was really, really happy. I mean, not everything, like, for example... Um, in his deck, Gavin had a, uh, what's it called? Uh, we had, it went by so many names. Um, is it Booster Pack? No, not Booster Pack. Uh, it's a card where when you play it, it's like a booster tutor, but you get to open a pack and get all the creatures on your side. Um, I'm blanking on the name of it. Uh, for a long time, it was called Undead Legions, because Legions is the card you probably, pack you probably want to open. Uh, and then it was called Booster Be- uh, Tutor for a while. Um, uh, summon the pack. I think it's called Summon the Pack. Anyway, um, he had that card. He never got to play it. Jimmy had a fun card called uh, something monstrosity. It's an artifact creature that costs seven that every upkeep you get a name and ability that has pre-existed in magic that you haven't named that day. And so you get a... But you have five seconds to do that. So you keep making it a more and more powerful creature. And it's fun because you keep thinking of what ability can I give it. And there's a lot of fun stuff to do there. Um, but... Uh, Jimmy never drew it. So, um, anyway, there were, I mean, a lot of fun cards to get drawn and to get played. And I was really, really happy. Uh, you know, you got to see Host Augment. Uh, there, I didn't mention there was a whole bunch of contraption stuff that went on. I didn't, in my games, the contraptions weren't as important. It was very, very important in, in both the other games. Um, I wasn't playing contraptions, and Josh was playing just a few. Uh, the game against Gavin, he did get a few contraptions, and they helped him. But um, they weren't a major part of the game, so I didn't bring them up. Um... But anyway, so Contraptions had a chance to shine. Host Augment got a chance to shine. Outside Assistance got a chance to shine. Dice Rolling got a chance to shine. Um, we had a little bit of Watermark Matters. Uh, Gavin had some uh, had an agent of Sneak One that actually he was able to get a card off of. Um, so anyway, um, much fun was had. But we weren't done yet. Um, next thing we had to do is we had to shoot some pictures. Um, some, cause, uh, for example, there's a, when, we, when they put it up on YouTube... There's all, everybody facing off against each other, so we had to pose and get that. And then we took some pictures with us in front of the set in the un, un, in, oh, sorry, unstable box. So they had some pictures they could put up on social media. I actually didn't take any pictures. Normally when I go places, I take all sorts of pictures. I don't know why. I just was a long day. I should have taken some pictures. I should, I should bug Jimmy or Josh uh, for pictures. Um, anyway, um, uh, so the next part was there's interviews. So what happens is Danny, the person who had, who had got pulled in, Danny does extensive notes on everything that happens. So what happens afterward is you sit down one by one and they do an interview with you where they talk about everything that happened, like each game in order. You played, you did this and then you did this and you played this and you talk about it in sort of the present tense. So they can cut between you playing things and you talking about doing it. Um, it's, it's a good technique and it, it, it makes for a very compelling um, it makes it more fun to watch when you're explaining what you're doing. So Gavin went first, took about an hour. Uh, well, Gavin did his interview. I went online and 
had fun talking with people about uh, contraptions, what are they, and I tease people. It, it was fun. Uh, then I got to my part, um, and so the fun part of it is I, 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 like, uh, I like talking, if you haven't figured that one out yet. So the interview was fun. I think it was, a, he, I, they said it was an hour long. It felt like it, felt like it was 10 minutes long. It was fun. It went really fast. Um, and uh, I, got, I got to do a death scene. In fact, I got to do two death scenes because when you die in the game, you do a death scene. Um, but I, I, now I die in my game against um, Gavin, but I died as a two-headed giant in my game with, with Josh against Jimmy. Um, and so I, I got to do a couple death scenes. Uh, I got to talk about stuff. I got to complain about how I always rolled ones and, and uh, Gavin always rolled sixes. Um, but anyway, I, I got to do a lot of fun stuff. And, and uh, the neat thing about it also was I was able to do a little explaining about Unstable. Like I said, I really, really wanted this to be an educational thing, people learning about Unstable. So I spent a little bit of time explaining why certain things were there. And um, when things happened, I, I gave a little bit of background information on them. Um, uh, and so I did uh, the full interview. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, I don't. The funny thing for me is I only know what I shot. I don't know what what like. I've seen other game nights and I know the general gist of how it works and I understand the structure and I know the games because I was there when we played them. Um, but I have no idea exactly how it's going to work. I think he has to go back and forth between the games concurrently because things happen between them that are relevant, like like the creature going to my side and stuff. Um, there were. Oh, interestingly, so I'm the rules manager, the unrules manager, and there was a bunch of things that came up. In fact, one thing came up during the match that I had not thought about, but had never come up before. And so I actually, uh, I stopped and I, I double-checked with Eli, because I, whenever I make rulings, I always talk with Eli, because I want to make sure that I'm not contradicting a Blackboarder ruling. Um, because if, if Blackboarder does something a certain way, I want to be consistent with how Blackboarder rules work. So sometimes when I'm making a ruling, or a lot of times I'm making a ruling, I'll consult with Eli to make sure that I, I don't want to be doing something that's counterintuitive. I mean, there are times that will be counterintuitive because the nature of Silver Borders are a little bit different than Black Borders. But what I don't want to do is take something with a clear, easy, simple answer in Black Border and then give a different answer. So we actually call the mid-game. Um, oh, one of the things I didn't really explain when we were playing the game is... For you guys, we want it, it, it's a seamless. The game is just zooming fast, and all, all the down moments are cut out. But for us, every moment we do something, you know, Josh is always saying, "Oh, can you do that again? Can you not overlap the card?" Because you want it to be clean and not because he wants to be able to make graphics and pull it out. And so, um, the games take a while because every, a lot of times you'll redo your thing and you'll say it again, or sometimes you go, "Oh, can you be a little clearer?" You know, and so you're, you're making sure every time you do something, you get clear things there. Um, and also we do a bunch of audio recording so that he, he has some stuff he can loop in. Um, there's a whole, I mean, he, Josh understands this, so he, he had us do a bunch of different things. Um, we also did some, sh some shots of us drafting and opening packs and just stuff so we can tie it all together. Um, and anything else there? Um, then what happened was, um, Gavin and I and Danny all went up to, to dinner uh, Josh and Jimmy were still working on the show. So, by the way, uh, the reason they'd want me to stay overnight that night is we got there in the morning, early in the morning, started, and we wrapped up, I don't know, 9.30-ish. Um, I mean, it, it was a full day. You know, we started at 11 and ended 9-ish. So that was, uh, or did we start at 11? Maybe earlier than 11. It was a 10, 11-hour day. I mean, we had a break for, to eat, obviously, but um, it was a pretty long day. That was a lot of fun. Um, if you have not watched the episode, go watch the episode. Uh, game, let's put Game Nights Unstable. I'm sure you'll find it. It's on YouTube. Um, but it was, I mean, I haven't even seen it yet. But I know just from being there, from living it, it was a lot of fun. We had a lot, we laughed a lot. And it was, it was, it, it was my first time getting to play Unstable with the cards, with the physical cards. Um, and be aware, development itself ended a while ago. We, we, this was definitely a set that finished and sat around for a little while. So um, Gavin had drafted once or twice, I think, way, way back when. Josh and Jimmy had never drafted it. Uh, I had drafted it, never with real cards, and not in probably over a year. Um, I, I had drafted the most of anybody, obviously, having worked on the design and the development team. Um, but anyway, it was, it was a blast. Um, 
Now, there's probably no audience, no person better suited uh, than me for this product. But I had fun. Gavin had fun. Josh and Jimmy had fun. It really, really was a great time. I hope that's all reflected. I assume it will be in the show. Um, also, by the way, I'll have to plug uh, the Command Zone. So uh, if you like, if you watch Game Nights and enjoy watching uh, uh, Jimmy and Josh banter, um, they do that all the time on a podcast called The Command Zone, which is also, I believe, on YouTube. Um, and uh, so check that out. Um, so I'm almost to work, so I just want to wrap up um, by saying that I had a blast. Um, when Jimmy first said he wanted to do this, I was all in. Uh, I had every belief that I would enjoy myself, but it's nice now having done it. I very much did. Um, it's ni- nice seeing the get up there. They've really, the studio is really nice. And I mean, it was, it was, it was really cool. Um, it was it, one, of the, one of the most professional magic things I've ever worked on. It was really, uh, it was tight. It was fun. And um, I, I have every confidence that the final product was awesome. Uh, you guys have hopefully seen it and know it was awesome. Um, but anyway, I just want to stop, or not stop, I want to end today by saying thank you to Jimmy and Josh for inviting me down. Uh, thanks for everybody at Rocket Jump for making me feel so welcome and for putting together such a, a fine time. Thanks to Gavin for accompanying me on a crazy early flight and, uh, um, and meeting me in the finals of, uh, of, of, the, uh, of my first official uh, unstable play. And uh, thanks to Wizards for uh, um, hosting game night. So... Uh, it was fun all around. So definitely, guys, uh, I'm pulling up to my, pulling up to park here. But uh, please, please, please go watch it if you haven't. It was a lot of fun, and it was great to do. And uh, I guess that's probably all I got to say on it. Um, and by the way, if you have not played Unstable, go play Unstable. It's fun. I, I don't. This is probably sometime in January. I, I record this way ahead of time. It's it's November for me, but you guys will hear this end of December, beginning of January. Um, so hopefully if you haven't yet played Unstable, one more plug for Unstable, um, hopefully me explaining all the cool things that happen in our game will make you go, that sounds like fun. I should do that. You should do that. So anyway, um, go play. Go play Unstable. But I'm now at work, so we all know what that means. It means the end of my drive to work. Oh, wow. I had a lot of traffic today. Uh, anyway, uh, what, what was I saying? Uh, instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. See you guys next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>